Welcome to Blazin' Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. Facebook.com slash Blazin' Shows. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows. Same with Twitter. And my brand new website, BlazinShows.com. Hope you're doing well on this first week of April. As today, we begin our celebration of Autism Awareness Month here in April. About a year ago, Jacob Ansman did a TED Talk on the importance of advancing autism from awareness to acceptance. Hello, Oxford! Howdy. Today we are beginning the long, arduous process of making a taco. But before we make a taco, we of course need the ingredients. When I was a young lad, a little child, I was bullied verbally and physically quite a lot for a few years. I was told the classic adage, Jacob, just be yourself and people will like you. Sadly, that advice did not deliver. However, I persisted onwards because I wanted friends, I wanted social acceptance, and maybe a girlfriend someday. We're still working on that last one. Hopefully we'll get there. But it still didn't work. People continuously socially alienated me, and my friends sometimes habitually excluded me from plans. The overall torment of stress, torment, rejection, and bullying manifested in depression and various suicide attempts. 2014, I was committed to a male hospital for a brief term while I was diagnosed with Asperger's and autism spectrum disorder. Now, you may be wondering, Jacob, Jacob, throwing all these words out here. What is autism? Well, that I am very happy to define for you. You see, autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder. We're not going to do that. That's too cliche. You can go find that in a little psychology textbook or on Wikipedia. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to take that little definition, bundle up in a little ball, shove it sideways, and throw it in the trash. But what I can tell you about is what life is like for people like me. But I want you to be aware. When you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. So while I can't speak for everyone, we do share some common experiences. So, let us begin. I hope you enjoy my food runs for tonight, because if you don't, I'll keep you here forever. <laughs> I want you to imagine yourself going to your town's newest hangout spot you've never been to before, and you only know three people that are going to be there, your three friends, all three of them. And You've never been there before, so you can't properly prepare yourself, but you got to try anyway. So you start preparing. Maybe you practice your rituals. Maybe you put on your headphones, listen to Nine Snails in your room for an hour, pace around back and forth. Anyway, uh-oh, it's time to go. And you get in your car and you get there. All of a sudden, the stress starts building. There are hundreds of people there, and you start to feel everything. Your sensory stuff starts ticking you off. You smell all the body odor, hear all the loud conversations and music, see all the intense flashing lights, and there's barely any room between you and anyone else. I know, it sucks. But suddenly, you see your friends. You're sitting there at their table. So before you make your way over there, you start putting on the mask. Now, you may be wondering, Jacob, what is the mask? Well, you see, masking... So when we put on a front and act in order to fit in, to be more socially accepted, I'm actually doing it right now. I'm putting on a more eccentric and sociable manner 
in order to gauge a more proper, a more positive response from my audience. I hope it's working, because if it's not, I'm going to be very disappointed. In, in fact, I could take off any moment and show you just how uncomfortable I am with public speaking, but I didn't do that, so let's move on. But before we move on, I'd like to say one last thing. So while masking may socially work for a while, we may gain some acceptance. After a while, kind of backfires as they get more used to us and see more of our actual personalities, people often drift away. But anyway, you sit down with your friends and the conversation begins. You'd hate to oh so rudely interrupt someone, so you usually stick quiet until there's a lengthy pause or unless you're spoken to first. It takes a while, but while all this is going on, all the stress from all the sensory stimulants keeps building and building and building in the background. So what do you do to escape it? Maybe you put on your headphones, block out the noise. Maybe you put on some sunglasses and look down to avoid eye contact with random strangers in the crowd. That really bugs me. But it keeps building and building and building and building and building. You start stimming. You see, stimming is this repetitive motion that we do to focus and to combat uneasiness. For example, I may flap my arms, shake my knee, or rock back and forth while sitting down. But eventually, stress reaches the point of no return, and you have to leave. As you make for the exit, maybe someone makes a pass at your child's hand on you, but you're completely socially oblivious to it. You don't understand hints. What are those? So trust me, I've been there before. But anyway, you get in your car, you go home, and as soon as you get to your room, it happens. You have a shutdown or a meltdown. A shutdown is as its name implies. You basically stop working. You stop operating. Maybe you get down in the field position, cry for a few hours. We've all been there before. And a meltdown can look like a really intense temper tantrum on the outside, but on the inside, it can feel more like a horrendous and painful panic attack. Hey, maybe you lose conscious control of your body. I've been there before. It's not fun. But that's the way that the cookie crumbles. And this isn't everything. This is just the tip of the iceberg, the tortilla of our taco, as you will. For example, our social difficulties can ruin job interviews or TEDx speeches like it's doing right now. <laughs> Plus, there's also the next part, my favorite part of a taco, the beans and the rice, how people treat us. It's been found that neurotypicals generally feel more uncomfortable around us. This has led to a lot of negatives of abuse and alienation. For example, 63% of us are bullied as children. We also have more prevalent rates of domestic child abuse, neglection, child rape, on and on. It gets rough. We have a life expectancy of 36.2 years in the United States, and two-thirds of us consider suicide. Our difficulties developing social connections can even impact your college life and beyond. For example, you can have difficulties finding compatible roommates, references for job applications, or professional connections. Unfortunately, these sad trends also extend economically. You see, about 17% of us live independently as young adults. And, ooh, 
our unemployment rate is higher across the board regardless of education level. Plus, many of us as young adults rarely ever hold a job in the first place. And to go back to social connections, we rarely ever have a successful long-term romantic relationship. And adults typically have zero to very few very close friends. But that leaves us with one question. Before we get to that question, I forgot something. How much we make? You see, per hour on average, you generally make between, you generally make about $8.10. However, people with other mental impairments, disorders, whatever you want to call them, generally make between $11 and $12. So that leaves us one question. What are we going to do? The world seems all gloom and doom for us, but it doesn't have to be that way. So, what are we going to do? Quite simply, we need acceptance. Acceptance everywhere. Acceptance here in the U.S., acceptance abroad, acceptance on Pluto, wherever you want acceptance. But in order to accept this, you can't just accept the name autism. In order to accept autism, you, of course, need to accept the common autistic behaviors like lack of eye contact, direct communication, being obsessive, my terrible sense of humor, and much more. Why are you laughing? I'm not funny. <laughs> so, but we'll need more than just acceptance. We also need activism, both here in the U.S. and abroad. We need labor unions to fight for fair wages and employment opportunities. We'll need to be recognized as an underrepresented group so that way we can benefit from some of the same programs available to others. It would also be useful to have an expansion of services available for adults because while there are a lot of services, the overwhelming majority are only offered towards children. Once you reach 18 or 21, drop off, you're on your own. Good luck, Jacob, have fun! But, but, that is the key. So, to wrap it up, Y'all didn't laugh at my food pun. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> laugh! There we go. To wrap it up, I'm making my own personal commitment to help build, strengthen, and lead this movement. And it all starts with education. You see, I intend to reach out to every single American college campus organization that I can find that is dedicated to the fight for autism acceptance. So that way I can unite them in a collective network known as the team of autistic campus organizations, or as I like to call it, the taco. <laughs> we finally have our taco, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoy it. You can go get... <laughs> Available only at Jake Ministries. <laughs> I know that there's a place for us in the world economy, of course, when Hans Osberger conducted his research, he was one of the founders of Spectrum, he postulated that if we had the opportunity to aggressively or even just remotely pursue our intense, special, narrow interests, we could achieve extraordinary things. For example, Satoshi Tajiri, he's creator of Pokemon, and Temple Grandin, they've proven it, but they couldn't do without the opportunity to do so. so Call me up, WWE. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the taco. What does the taco do? Why do we have the taco? 
Well, the taco could help students find compatible roommates, as I mentioned before. It can help them find references for job applications, more sensory-friendly environments, professional connections, maybe offer some scholarships to students here and there, and it can serve as an advocacy group for their wants and needs. It's going to be great. We're going to make tacos great again. <laughs> Frederick Douglass once said, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. So I say right here, right now, let's welcome this struggle. I hope all of you listening here tonight and listening around the world partake in it. Thank you very much, Oxford. Good night. Jacob Ansman from TED Talks, Mississippi. Have you heard about the Autism Self-Advocacy Network, or ASAN? They believe that, aut- that people with autism deserve equal access and rights. A few months ago, they hosted a panel discussion on Zoom talking about the transition from youth to adulthood. I'm Ashley Mandry, and I have a YouTube channel called The I and IEP, which specializes, which specializes in helping children and young adults in school, in school, learning how to speak up for themselves in their IEP meetings. We have videos and handouts that students learn self-advocacy skills. Great. Um, does anyone want to go next? Hi. My name is Harvey Srinivasan. Just by my text-to-speech app, you can probably make out that it is my primary mode of communication. I use this text-to-speech voice called Ryan. You know, there is only a limited number of natural-sounding voices with an American accent, so when two non-speaking guys are chatting it is like Ryan speaking to Ryan, which is very disconcerting. The speaking part is still a work in progress for me. I firmly believe we are never too old, or it's never too late to try new things or to learn. I hope to get to a basic conversational level in the next decade, but I imagine for other things I will still be using augmentative communication. I'm a student at UC Berkeley, major in psychology and minor in disability studies. I just love all my classes there and I am learning so much. I'm also a research assistant at a psychology lab, the Golden Bear Mood and Sleep Research Clinic. I hope grad school is in the cards for me and I hope to do research that involves autism. I write for the Daily Californian newspaper and have written about disability and even had a column on autism. And this is my fourth semester as a lead instructor for a faculty-sponsored, semester-long class on autism. This has been an amazing experience as I get to drive most of the curriculum. I had team propaganda at the UC Berkeley Disability Lab, which is a very unique makerspace lab that hacks disability solutions. I'm also part of the student body spectrum at Cal on campus. It has been wonderful to see the org grow and continue to evolve with its first black autistic president last year, and then me, its first South Asian, non-speaking autistic president this year, and over 50% of the board is autistics. We also have siblings and allies of autistics on our board. We have not let remote stop us either. In fact, we have increased our community reach and the variety of event programming this year as physical distance is no longer a barrier. I can definitely say, my time with Berkeley is very interesting and very productive. The last for the best. 
This summer I was featured on former President Obama's Instagram on the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. It was both shock and awe for me and I was thrilled. And I have to mention, I was in the YACI cohort of 2019 and we got to visit the offices of the Vice President-elect, Kamala Harris, on Capitol Hill. You know Tamil is my family's native language and it's so cool to know that the person holding the second most important job in the country speaks Tamil. That is really cool. Does anyone want to go next? Uh, I could go next. I'm Ivanova Smith. I am a, I, 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 I'm Ivanova Smith and I'm a member of People First of Washington. Um, and I also am the chair of Self-Advocates and Leadership Sale, which is a, a coalition of self-advocate leaders in Washington state uh, that does a lot of uh, or focuses legislative advocacy. Um, and uh, right now we've been working on stopping budget cuts, uh, ending some minimum wage, uh, clothing the institutions and Nikki so that they do not build an, a, a nursing home on an institution called Fircrest. And also Nikki so that people are getting access to technology uh, because we are in a virtual community now. So those are some, some, just some states that we've been working on. Thank you. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, my name is Brent White. I uh, run a program uh, in Berkeley, California, uh, two programs which I designed. Uh, we run the adult transition program for the Berkeley Unified School District. So anybody 18 to 22 years old who has an IEP uh, transitions into our program. And then we also run an adult day program, which is 22 and above. Uh, we focus on, we're 100% community-based. We focus on uh, self-determination skills. We, we, this is the only program I think and I ask all the time, I think it's the only program, at least the one that I know about, that is both designed and run by an openly autistic person of this kind in the United States. Uh, and uh, the leadership is all autistic too. And most of my staff is neurodivergent. And that's it. Hey, I think last to hear from is Jordan. I'm Jordan Zimmerman. This past spring, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in education policy. I am now studying at Boston College, pursuing my master's in curriculum and instruction with a focus in special education. A lot of my work is around education, whether it's building an inclusive cheerleading team on my campus or advocating for every student with a disability to exercise their right to an inclusive education. I truly believe our education system can be intertwined or traced back to every inequality that exists throughout our world. I am determined to continue pushing inclusion and centering the voices of people with disabilities, especially those who are non-speaking or minimally speaking, so we can end exclusion in education and throughout society. That's great. You're all doing some amazing work. It's been great to just start learning a little bit more about you and excited to learn more as this panel goes on. So let's move on to question number two then. Um, there are a lot of different paths someone can take as they reach transition age, such as entering college, a vocational program, or doing something else. People can also change what paths they want to take as they find out what works best for them and what they want to do. What things 
should people keep in mind when making decisions about what path to take? I think we often ask people the wrong questions, especially when individuals are at transitional ages. We are so focused on asking people what they want to do or what they are currently doing, but we fail to ask how they are going to change the world. It's a total game changer when people presume confidence in our ability to make an impact on the world. Go ahead, Ashley. It's important to let pe let the people know who supports who supports you and knowing that your interests and goals are what supports you needs to accomplish your goals. Maybe you should you should do research on what it is or what it takes to accomplish your goals. For example, if you want it to be a, if you want a psychologist, psychologist, you need, you would need to go to a college or a vocational program could help you become a chef or an auto mechanic, you you should or you could always be in an in an internship in a career field that you that interests you. I think um Hari had wanted to go next, and then we'll. I will throw out a few thoughts for everyone to mull over, many of which have guided my own path. One is something that the abolitionist Frederick Douglass had said about education and knowledge being the key to freedom. This had struck a chord deep within me when I first heard it. I felt I had to go to college, not just because I loved learning, but a college degree would give me better access to a seat at the table. The table that is making decisions about me and my fellow autistics. The second is a line from Robert Frost's poem, Two Tramps in My Time. It goes, my object in living is to unite my avocation and my vocation. I too truly believe that you will be happiest if your work aligns with what you are passionate about. The third is that many people often end up doing something totally different than what they studied in college or imagined they would be doing. And that's totally okay you plan only based on your current information. You zigzag a bit, maybe loop a little too. I started off with a psychology major, but who knows what I will end up doing actually many years later. I think, um, Brent, you wanted to go next. Yeah, I, I also want to mention sort of what Hari said. It's okay not to know what you want to do, because if you're transitioning, if you're young, we live in a world that is not designed for disabled people and it's not designed for neurodivergent people. And we're sort of forced to, uh, to gauge our success by how uh, neurotypical people do it and it's not what we're good at it's perfectly fine not to know what you want to do and it's perfectly fine to take your transition time and it, it might take years it might be five years it might be 10 years it might be 20 years and all of that is perfectly fine um a lot of us i didn't i mean when i started out when i was 18 years old i when people asked me what i want to do the question made no sense to me and when i was 30 and they'd asked me what i wanted to do the question made no sense to me so I mean, I ended up doing the thing, which is great. Um, but I also think it's perfectly okay to not know and to take time to try different things, try the things that make you happy. Um, and, and those are the things that will kind of lead you down the path. And that's it. 
Hi, this is Ivanova Smith. Um, and advice I would give is that, you know, um, is it good to take risks and um, to learn, you know, to try out things that you, you know, maybe unsure of that it's okay to try and then fail. Like uh, my parents tried to have me learn how to drive and it was good that I tried it, but it, I ended up failing at it and that's okay. And sometimes that's gonna happen. But you just gotta find a route around it and find other ways to do things. And so now, you know, I do use a lot of public transit and things like that. Uh, and the same can go for like trying to get into a vacational school or college. Like one thing, my parents were very smart in that they had me go to community college first and try out community college and then um, transfer to university because then I didn't have to take the SAT. I would not been able to get into university if I had, take, had to take the SAT but because I was able to find a way around that by going to community college, um, I was able to do that. And I have a bachelor's in history now because of that. And I learned a lot about the disability civil rights movement in my, in, in my, in my studies at Central and it really helped me be the advocate that I am today. So, um, you know, your dream. I, I used to think that the only type of work I could do was uh, cleaning and things. And I, I, my first job I accepted, it was uh, a really bad experience. Um, I'm still glad that I took that risk, though. So not all risks, you know, you, you, some risks are going to hurt you. And that is, um, that is the hard part. But you learn from them, and it made me a better advocate having that experience with my first job. And that first job, I was abused. But it was. But now I know. You know. Now I fight for other workers with disabilities to make sure that doesn't happen. And it, that experience, I think, has strengthened me to make sure, to help others and to build my past. And and so it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to take risks. And even if, even when you have gone through things that you should not have had to go through, you can still learn from those awful things and you can take the power from those things to empower others and help others. So that's my uh, suggested and my ideas about by transition. Thank you. And you can find love. I found love with my husband and now I have a little girl. You can find more about the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network at autisticadvocacy.org slash about. The link will also be available in the episode notes on your favorite podcast platform. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Blaze and Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. What do you think? Let me know at facebook.com slash shows. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N shows. On Twitter at Blazin Shows or email me at blazinshows at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and at my website, blazinshows.com. To quote the late Christopher Reeve, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Take care of yourself and we'll talk again next week on Blazin Access. I'm Blaze Bryant.